0: We work in an industry where the barrier for entry is so high and I realized working for a camera company that we need to make cameras more accessible. Never before have I felt this passionate about the idea that our industry is dying. If we don't do something proactive about putting meaning back into the idea that an image is more than taking out your phone and sharing it on
1: Instagram. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the Wedding Film School Show. My name is Jared, and we have another amazing episode for you today. Thank you for joining in. As usual, Mr. Jason joins us. What's up, Jay?
2: How you doing, buddy? Good, man. I'm going to tell uh, you a story today.
1: Yeah, I know. You've been uh, kind of teasing this for the last few few hours.
2: So... As you know, we live in a paradise called Milford, Massachusetts. That's where our office is. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and, uh, and so I uh, get to the office the other day, about to go into the studio. <laughs> I like go to the door and I look to the left and I just see these two beady eyes just staring at me in the corner. So, like, we have this little like, inlet if into our office, like kind of like a glass hallway before you get open the doors from the outside. And underneath the, sta- like, the windowsill is this giant possum.
1: <laughs> it sounds like a Milford Milford possum. It's just yeah. like
2: <laughs> st- staring at us. Yeah, so that that was my introduction to work yesterday. Yeah, um,
1: definitely sounds like a, a a Milford kind of uh a critter. I mean, we don't have a lot of homeless people, but we have a homeless, a lot of homeless
2: possums. I, I, I actually got to call Animal Control for the first time in my life. Oh, good. Very How'd, pleasant, that, how'd that go? What a wonderful man. Was, <laughs> the, w- the one. The one man. <laughs> the one. <guy. laughs> the one. So, so it was cool. So, yeah, that's wedding filmmaking related somehow. Sure.
1: <laughs> I'm just glad. I, I thought you were going to say it, it was inside, you know, chewing on cables, and that's why we got a I slow mean, start I mean, it today.
2: maybe knew that we had a lot of expensive equipment in the office. It yeah. was we trying to find its way in <laughs> So who knows, you know, there's, al- there's always a secondhand market for cameras.
1: Yeah. So, yeah.
2: Um, Speaking of cameras, we have an awesome guest today, um, Victor Ha. He's a senior director of marketing and product management for Fujifilm is on. And so we've had our own little journey with Fuji these days.
1: Yeah, yeah, we um, I, I, it's an interesting time to have Victor on because we are in the middle of switching, doing a big switch ourselves from Canon to Fuji. We've been shooting Canon since we started in 10 years of Canon, and uh, yeah, we just got a big order. We just did actually a, a big training over the weekend for our new Fujifilm we cameras. Just, yeah,
2: we just trained 10 shooters, yeah, on how to use the xt 4 Yep, yep. For for six hours but yeah we're so for us like it's very poignant and and you know maybe we'll talk about some of those things we're not like we love a lot of different cameras and we're not the type of people who would ever maybe unless someone paid us victor um stick with one system <laughs> 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 but but in general no we but what i will so i say that to say our credibility on why we pick a camera is not because anyone's paying us we pick things based on how they make sense business-wise and because how they inspire us i mean we 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 were working with the fujifilm we actually experimented with it for a probably a year before we No, we've done photography on fujifilm for a long time yep we've, we've always pretty much done photography on fujifilm for our brand
1: yeah yeah here let's bring victor in victor how's it going
0: buddy hey i'm a nobody my name is victor Ha no um i honestly i i've done nothing magnificent in this industry except decide that i wanted to work in the industry and 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 figure it out so i started as a photographer went to work at nick software if you're familiar with them Uh, and then from nick software went to a a company where we got to manage accessories lighting and that kind of stuff um got a lot of a lot of time with photographers filmmakers got a chance to to really understand needs and wants of, of creatives, but then also I didn't do a lot of creative work because I, I, I was always on the brand side and you know learning, learning the business end of it. You know, so um, I'm fortunate, I've only ever worked in this industry and I think that I've been very, very uh, lucky on the timing. I've been very fortunate to get the experience I had. I, I've got great mentors in life. Um, one of which was my last boss who I still talk to, you know, so yeah, I think there's, there's a lot of things that kind of fit together in order for me to, to be sitting in front of you, getting the opportunity to have a conversation with you because in all honesty, I'm, I am actually a nobody. I've done no, I've done nothing magnificent with my, with my life outside of fall into a really great role at Fujifilm.
2: Yeah. You have one magnificent thing, which is a title. Uh, that's very long senior director of marketing and product management so so for those of us that can barely pronounce photographer um, why don't you let us know what is what does that do what is one of those
0: that's the longer the title at Fujifilm the more responsibility Ah, you get (laughs) (laughs) so so, um, to be honest with you that 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 title isn't isn't indicative of the experience. Um, it's a bunch of words that we put together so that when I hand a business card across to somebody, they go, Oh, director of marketing. Awesome. Wow, I, that I, guy. I, I, yeah. Oh, that's a long title. I should probably listen to you. Um, yes. But I, I, so, so at every company, a director of marketing prop, director of marketer, probably does something different um, at Fujifilm. Um, I get to manage the business, right? I get to be involved in product discussions. I get to be involved in product development discussions. I get to be involved in, in um, super secret discussions about partnerships and things like that. It's just fun, right? And then that's just yeah. like the product side. On the business side, I get to be involved in, in in understanding the camera market and setting the strategy and the tone for the U.S. And then on top of that, you know, the marketing aspect of it is I get to be involved in the uh, setting of the brand tone of voice and where we are as a brand and and how we respond to things and what sorts of conversations we want to get into and where we want to, 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 to support, you know, communities and organizations, you know? So I think as a role, it's one of the most dynamic and incredible roles that I could have ever, ever gotten a chance to, to, to take part in, in my life. And I hope that it is you know, for me, with a the, the, a longstanding one that I can probably call my last role. You know, I, I see a lot of opportunity and 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 things that I can not only change inside the organization but within the world of image making. That um, that really drive me every day. You know, I love waking up for work every morning, even though it's been in quarantine. I've been in my apartment for a year. You know, so it's it's yeah, it's it's a it's a job that I'm very very passionate about. And, and the title. I guess, uh, I guess it's, it's just, you're not crazy.
2: so passionate about the title.
0: <laughs> I've never the been, honestly, I've never been, I think the yeah. title titles are, are, are false sense. uh, like, uh, they provide a false sense of security, you know?
2: Yep.
1: We're, we're, we're obviously, um, big fans ourselves. You know, I feel like we, we get to see a lot of, uh, cameras that, that come into our office and our studio and we get a, you know, a lot of hands-on experience with them, um, and and I think we've developed a, a certain respect for Fujifilm in that, you know, it always seems like Fujifilm is, like, the artist's camera, right? Like, different people, I think, gravitate towards different companies based on, you know, what they might gravitate towards, you know. It's like a you know? vibe. Yeah, like the Sony people are, are very technical. They want things to be, you know, very exact. And not that Fujifilm isn't technical. They're, in fact, very technical. You know that by the white lab coats that they wear in all their videos. <laughs> their videos
2: are so fun. They release
1: lenses. <laughs> uh, but uh, the thing about Fujifilm users is, that you notice is, is they tend to be the people that care about not just the images that they're creating, but the way they feel. Right when they're creating images, and that that's I think a common thread with Fujifilm shooters, whether they're an ex photographer or just people that love the cameras who are on YouTube raving yeah. about them.
2: I was going to um, ask about like what you were saying. You get to notice like the needs of people. Well, we're this is primarily wedding filmmakers. Do you think that Fuji's? I mean, specifically the XT four. I think is probably where they went full on filmmaker. <clears throat> Do you think, like, did that come out of that noticing
0: where you're like, okay, I notice that people are wanting and needing this? So Fujifilm's been a company for over 85 years, right? And they've been a company that for over 80 years at this point, they look to the end user, they look to the the people using their products, and they learn from that. We're, we're, We're really well known for our firmware updates, right? Because of the fact that we don't make a camera that's three generations old obsolete, right? And so yes. when you take that approach, you take that understanding and you, and you understand that like this is the, it's wrapped into the DNA of the company. It makes a lot of sense for, for us to release something like X-T4. And um, honestly, X-T4 amongst our own fans, it, 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 it was like, well, why do you have a flip out screen? Can't we just get one with a three-way tilt screen? Like our, our fans and our audiences, they're, they're, they're passionate. They love our cameras so much because you said it when someone uses our camera to make an image, what they're using it for isn't, I think image is secondary to a lot of our fans. I think the feeling that we get when we're making the image is the, one of the most important things. And then the feeling we get when we see the image is the second thing. Inside of uh, Fujifilm, we have this thing called memory color. Uh, it's a term that was coined by one of the color scientists who worked on, on the film simulations in, in some of the older films. And he says that there's color correction and color accuracy, right? For Fujifilm, we try to blend in this thing called memory color, and it's the color that will allow you to remember the way you felt when you made the image. Hmm. And that's kind of the major difference. That's why our color is so important to us, because you know everyone know to, knows the first time they used Velvia Film or Velvia Film Simulation, right? It's just these things that you, you kind of pick up, and then you make an image, and you automatically pick a film simulation because you know it's going to make, you, make give, give it a certain vibe, right?
1: Yeah. The, the, the thing about Fuji that immediately I was drawn in as a photographer, first and foremost was, was film simulations and just like knowing that Fujifilm was a huge or still is a huge producer of film in general, um, you just appreciated the color science, right? It was like, yeah, you know, it's yeah. not just a calculator that I'm going to be using to take images. It's it, it means something, you know. It's like there is an 85 year history with this camera. That's you know the legacy of the camera and the film that we're actually using um, is important. And and like you said, it's it's a matter of you know. Uh, a feel i love that. I think that's that's fantastic. Um
2: What was the term again? You said memory color Memory uh, color. Memory color. Yeah. Said, so the
0: cool thing, so I love telling I love making this connection for people. Yeah. Um there is a man uh by the name of samanami Uh he was on the team that developed all of the 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 the, the classic films for Fuji film, Velvia, Zipiria. I mean, you, you named it he was like involved in all of that. He was also um in 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 Fuji film mythology. He was the guy who came to the US like in the 80s to save the frontier printing business because the colors were off. And he spent like, you know, old amounts of months, you know, coming here and recalibrating the machines. That same guy who leaves his house every day with not one but two color meters to measure the color of light as it falls on things like flowers, who's retired, who still sends notes back to Fujifilm about his observations (laughs) that's the guy that developed some of the first digital film simulations that we have right oh wow that's so dope
2: but it but it makes so much sense when you see if you haven't used this if you're listening to this podcast most people are very familiar with um i've never seen people who talk more about color profiles than freaking sony people by the way it drives me nuts (laughs) It's like, have you picked up a Fuji? Like How many logs do you yeah. need on your camera? Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah. give me a break. Like, I have my Black Magic three modes. <laughs> but if you haven't used Fujis, most of the time, like, and even with as Canon people, right, who have used a lot of Canon, use the color profiles on Canon, it's going to go from really saturated to extremely saturated, <laughs> and that's pretty much what you're mm-hmm. going to do. Fuji has this totally different thing that it feels different of like. First of all, when they do a film simulation, it's not just adding color and saturation because film is actually much, much more dynamic range than most of a Rec. 709 kind of profile, which is most what people are used for, used to as filmmakers, which is deeply saturated, very crushed blacks. Fuji simulations give you you can you can grade them. Like you can actually put color grading on them. They're not like these; they don't look like special effects. That that's that's what I would say about them. Like it was the first time I was like, "Oh, we should shoot on this Eterna. This looks dope. It's a great building block for our LUTs," which is not something I would normally say about a color profile.
0: Well, the thing the thing that um, I kind of want to make sure that we, we 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 touch on is that when we think about a Photoshop filter, right? It's taking data in an image, and it's kind of like crunching the numbers that are already there to create something, spit something out, right? Um, The way that we approach color in our cameras is, well, when the camera's making the image and all the data is available, we have decades, decades of information and, for lack of a better phrase, lookup tables for us to understand what we're going to do with that color in that instance at that point, right? And because we have such a deep history on understanding how colors respond to light and shadow and how colors respond to texture and, and, and how we respond to those colors, um, there is no comparison to the way we, we, we reinterpret and reproduce colors, right? Because it is part of every camera that, that we look at it as, a, as an extension of the tool. Like I came to Fujifilm thinking into myself, oh, I'm a raw shooter raw shooter. So everyone who's new to EID, they, it, it, it is uh, exactly, this happens all the time. So EID in, internally stands for uh, Electronic Imaging Division. But anyone new, to the, anyone new to the team, we put a camera on their desk and they immediately switch it to raw. And we we're like, no, no, don't do that. And they're like, what are you talking about? Everyone shoots raw. And they're like, no, don't do that. And so they're like, pick, set it to JPEG, pick your favorite film simulation and go for a week. Just go for a week. And then tell me what you want to sh- tell me. Then, then you want then you want to use raw, and and it's just wonderful. Because honestly, I'm 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 making images again. I'm not sitting there processing them in Photoshop, right? Well, and if I want, yeah, sure, fine, whatever. I can shoot the the raw plus JPEG. But I'm now sharing more images with my friends now, right? Because the JPEGs just look so good.
2: Yeah, and I think the difference with filmmakers is we never have had raw. Right, And so we're coming from a perspective of, like, it needs to look... Jared and I built an entire business off of looking good out of camera. Mm-hmm. That's our business. Mm-hmm. Because my post-production is crazy high when you're making wedding films. <clears throat> and we shoot a very high volume, like 120 a year. So, yeah. like, I need to look good out of camera fast, beautiful mm-hmm. right away. And I, and I felt like... F- we do use some Black Magic cameras, and they're um, incredible. They're great cameras. But Black... But Fujifilm gets a vibe right away,
0: right out of camera. And yes. that,
2: that's just our perspective, um, and you know, well, of course, we welcome on the podcast. Well,
0: I mean, yeah, you're gonna you're gonna you're gonna give up some stuff when you're gonna apply a film simulation in camera, and then have to make some concessions if you're gonna record to a card inside the camera versus like a like an uh, external recording deck. You know, you're gonna make some concessions, but I guarantee you, in the style and business that you guys have, that those concessions, those trade-offs, save you time, money, and they make they make you sane, to be honest with you. Keep you sane. It makes it f- more fun.
2: Like, with yeah. your image, if you've never shot with something that inspires you, like, if you've only... I, I, I can't imagine someone shooting on log feels inspired when they look at their back of their... It's not inspiring.
1: Yeah, you have to like. I think I've specifically avoided shooting a lot of log cameras because of that. It's like,
2: yeah, I love yeah. pulling
1: up my camera and seeing exactly pretty close of what it's going to yeah. look like because we're like,
2: babies like that. Yeah, we're just we want it to just look good and yep. then, then it feels good and then you do more of it. Yep. I, I, um, I want to
1: hop into um, kind of the, the camera itself too, the way that it's um, actually used because I, I find We've we've handed a camera to a lot of, um, you know, new filmmakers, and then we've handed the camera off to people that have used plenty of different types of of cameras in the past, too. And um, something that people immediately, you know, say about it, and and I I think it might be a misconception among filmmakers, is, well, it's not full frame, you know? (laughs) And they're, like, immediately taken back by the fact that, oh, we're we're shooting APS-C. And, Mm. um, you know, one thing that I've loved about Fujifilm is... You guys have just kind of gone APS-C all the way up to medium format, and it's like you know, there's no Fujifilm medium or uh, uh, full frame camera. Can right. can you maybe talk about kind of the the thought behind um, why Fujifilm made that kind of decision? Are you are you liberty to you know discuss that?
0: Yeah, I can discuss it as uh, as much yeah. as I'm able to, yeah. right? I think um I think that if you look at X series. X-T4, X-T30, you know, anything that that, that, that falls into, um, into an APS-C type category camera for us. What we prioritize a lot of the time is design, ergonomics, and compactness, right? And so those three pillars are, are, are fundamental in how we approach designing and releasing new cameras. The fights that we get into internally About a camera increasing in size by you know ten millimeters is a real fight, right? We've 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 gotten to a point where we believe so much in the idea that APS-C must be compact but high quality that we're not willing to make that concession, right? Um, There's a story where where cameras have just been taken off the table entirely because they didn't meet the 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 size requirement, right? And when you think about that, there's a there's a really Practical application for it. I carry an X E four now around with me. I got one of those today, actually. Honestly, honestly, I was I was so concerned because of like, oh, it's got it's got less buttons or whatever it is. It's like now just idiot proof. I can just take it out, pop a different lens on it, just play with it. I'm like, okay, I totally get it now. It's just so it's a different camera, right? And the thing that when we when we make cameras, XT four, X E four, XT thirty, XT three they all got the same sensor, they all same processor. So you're not giving up any image quality. So at that point, what we're doing is we're designing for experience. And we're designing for application. One of the best things anyone, a professional photographer told me was, so the reason I love X series cameras for the work that I do in weddings, is I know regardless of the camera that I pick up, if I use it, I'm going to get the experience that I want from it. So if I'm with a bride that's anxious and she doesn't like the big rapid fire of a of a of a of a of, a, of a, a camera going off, I'll just bring up the X100V and I'll stand in the corner. It's a single lens, it's single focus, it's small, it's like a point and shoot and I'll still get the same quality, right? So he just kind of unpacked how he approaches our cameras and I and I was like, "Oh my god, that's that makes so much sense, right?" That to me is, it's, Fujifilm
2: is kind of a ecosystem that's one system in a way that like, mm-hmm. obviously medium format is a little bit of a different animal, but anything in the X series, you, they're perfectly compatible you can, and you don't need yeah. to think like, oh, this, is this color, like, is this, I have a super 16 and a super 35 sensor rolling right now in our room and right. I know the colors right. aren't going to match. I'm gonna to have to switch them, and, and I haven't found that to be the case with the Fuji. So I think it's right on. It's like,
0: it's it's wonderful too because I so I talk to so many photographers who are like, thank you for keeping the XT3 around. Like, why why are you thinking this? I mean, we're, you know, I, I want to know why. <laughs> they go because I have an XT4, great image quality. I just picked up my backup for a fraction of the cost, same image quality. There isn't a camera manufacturer in the world yeah. that lets me do. If I want to pick up a backup of the same quality, I've got to spend the same amount of money. and I was like, oh, that's a real, thank, that's a really great observation thanks Thanks for giving me yeah, that. you know so So thinking about x series right It's a' it's, it's a wonderful thing. when you just kind of sit and noodle it for a little bit, um, the individuals that were involved in positioning and creating this 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 brand of camera, um, I think they had long vision and, and, it was re- and it was it's really paid off for someone like me who comes in and gets to see it all right. But when you look at GFX, GFX is
2: for those that don't know, if you're a, if you're a photographer, if you're not a photographer, GFX is medium formats.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. So our GFX camera, um, we call it large okay, format okay. and I'll explain yeah. that in a second. So it, it, it is I'm very excited about it. And so just to dive into it in the world of film, there's, uh, you know, there was 35 millimeter, there's medium format, which is slightly bigger than 35 millimeter. And there's like two sizes of medium format, right? And then outside of medium format, there's like large format. There's all these different film sizes. But because film in photography was like just so ubiquitous, people referred to medium format as that film size. And they knew that it was bigger than 35 mil because they kept calling it 35 mil, right? So fast forward to what is it, 2021. Now we've got different generations using cameras some of them have used film some of them have used digital um 35 millimeter equivalent is now referred to more as full frame and so now there's a, a lot of people going well full frame medium format is full frame's got to be bigger than medium format right because full sounds full and medium sounds yeah. and, <laughs> that and <is> true. So, <laughs> that's funny and so the, the understanding is like okay well we live in a digital world standards and things are kind of just they're, they're going by the wayside Right. So let's approach our system as something new. Let's approach it and create a a, a vocabulary around it, just the same way we created a vocabulary around X series. And you know what? Let's just own it and let's call it large format and large format. You know, people call large format, large format in in, in Cine. So, I mean, that kind of makes sense. Right. And so the the, at the end of the day, the reason I'm so excited about that camera and, and what we've done with the system is. X-Series is your, your, your breadth of camera, right? You've got different cameras, you've got different lenses, you can really pick and choose. Um, and it prioritizes compactness and speed and, and versatility. GFX is an entirely different animal, especially in the context of like filmmaking, right? Next to um, Alexa 65, Red Monstro, um, and maybe one other camera, we are the next largest imaging surface that makes an image at the full width of our sensor so our medium format sensor is roughly like two times like 1.7 times bigger than a full frame sensor the horizontal dimension when it makes video it makes video and records video at the full width at the full length of the horizontal dimension so what you're getting there is you're getting the compression you're getting the image quality you're getting you're getting that cinema look that everyone was like, "Whoa, that dude looks really, really cool," but you're getting it on a on a on a digital camera that is made by Fujifilm and is one of the only ones in the world that can do it like that. So I'm pretty I'm pretty pumped. Does your wedding filmmaking business offer live streaming?
2: Maybe you're just looking to get into live streaming. Wherever you find yourself today, one of the most overlooked elements of a successful live stream is securing a rock solid connection to your final destination. In that case, you should check out the LiveU Solo. The LiveU Solo offers bonded cellular streaming, which combines up to four separate Internet connections into a single, fully redundant connection. Live stream with confidence to any platform from basically any location. This thing is battery-powered, they're plug-and-play, and they're supported by LiveU's innovative LRT service. The LiveView Solo is perfect for any event videographer that needs an easy, on-the-go, reliable stream. Get one today. Victor, can I ask a question about the GFX? Sure. You probably can't answer this. Have there been any thought into creating a cine-style camera using that sensor?
0: You know, I think that there is always a desire for us to create revolutionary products. Um and I think that there's always a desire for us to look at the market and then find try to find a way to fill the need. Um but at some point, right, there's those the, the, the there's a the three pillars of engineering, like speed, cost, affordability, right? And when we look at the need in the industry for large imaging, imaging services with fast readout that have um, you know, fast enough refresh to, to mitigate glow, uh, rolling shutter. Um, the technology, that's the thing we got to look at first. And I'm just not sure that it's available at the current moment. You're you just going to melt that for, sensor for, into oblivion. Well, yeah, <laughs> if what we want to do, right? I would love to say, yes, we're looking at it. But I think, that, I think that in the future, we always look to the needs of the market and we always look to try to figure out um, what the next camera should be, you know? So, so it's, it's a hope in my personal, but I'm not sure where we're, where we're going to be with that.
1: The, um, the X-T4 for us, I mentioned it before was, was kind of that turning point for us where I was like, now we, I do photography, I have a GFX, I have, you know, an X-T4 that I was shooting for, for photography. Um, and then having the X-T4, I was like, you know what? We're at that point now we've had our cameras forever that we've been shooting Canon. I think the X-T4 is at that point now where we can totally upgrade our cameras to something like the X-T4 as wedding filmmakers. Um, and, and there's a host of reasons of, of why we've done that. IBIS, 4K60, uh, probably the main two reasons for us. 10-bit kind of
2: color, too, is wonderful.
1: Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, the Fuji color is, is goes without saying. Um, but, um, you know, what what was that change for Fujifilm? And, and what, why did you guys decide to kind of make... A, uh, a camera that was kind of geared towards filmmakers well
2: and i would even point. to add on to that before you answer it seems to me that you were looking right at filmmakers when you tweaked that camera because so many of the improvements were pretty much only for filmmakers and over the xt3 because the xt3 didn't really need that much improvement for photographers but it's like they took the xt3 they've f- changed a few things but they made it Like what's funny actually is when I talk to photographers, even my Fuji guys, they're like, I don't really like, yeah, they're both good. Exactly. Kind of what you described before. And I'm like, I would never use an X-T3 for what I do, but the X-T4 is like, I, that's incredible for me. Was that how, what the thinking was when they were kind of
0: like, let's get into this market. So if if we look back at our cameras, X-H1, X-T3, we were already moving that way, right? Mm-hmm, H yeah. one was the first camera we made that had an IBIS. Yep, yep. And um, again, we listened to our audience. So when that camera came out, there was a lot of feedback, a lot of feedback. And then X-T3 came out right after that, and there was a lot of feedback about what that didn't have. So I think when you think about X-T4 as a successor to X-T3, after having released X-H1, X-T3, and now X-T4, um, we would have been, I guess, I guess... Really really not paying attention to have released xt4 without those improvements right i think the uh the desire to be able to be a viable solution for image makers that do motion and filmmaking all that kind of stuff <laughs> was always part of the part of the the the, the, the strategy for as far back as x h1 right maybe even before that um, but I think with xt4 what again that represents that camera really does represent how the brand listens how the engineers listen right and how we really really try try if we get it get an opportunity to bring in feedback that is going to make the camera more more widely adopted as a as a tool
1: yeah i i can definitely agree um you know as a fuji fanboy for you know six seven years or so um one one thing that I've been just floored by, and was so excited about, and and I'm waiting a couple more months saving up for it, um, that that I've seen Fujifilm, um, you know, listen to the audience, was the addition of the eighty, you know, GF eighty one point seven that that just was released. Um, that was yeah. a lens that had. Yeah. Huge demand, especially when it came to, you know, wedding photographers wanting just super shallow depth of field, amazing, you know, creamy bokeh, and just like, you know, that camera essentially probably equates to like an F1 on a, you know, uh full frame sensor. I don't know exactly. I'm not super. I mean, it's like, that. Yeah, like I think
0: it's, it's
2: a, like a 50 mil 1. full 3. frame
0: yeah. equivalent, right? So it's roughly like, a, my numbers are are kind of fuzzy. It's like in like a low yeah. 60s yeah, in yeah. terms yeah. of 35 yeah. millimeter. Similar point. experience. And it's, it's going to be some somewhat below like a one point around, right around 1.4. Yeah.
1: Yeah. I I'm a part of a couple of Facebook groups when it comes to wedding photography and that they were just like, man, if they would just do this, it would just be over like, and sure enough, you know, mm-hmm. a year goes by and here we are <laughs> looking at the lens that everyone yeah. has been begging for. Um, so I can yeah. definitely attest to, you know, and, and appreciate Fujifilm for kind of listening to the audience, what they're doing. Um, and, and also just, I, I appreciate, um, you know, Fujifilm listening to the photographers who are also just nowadays, if you're a creator, you are a, if you're a photographer, you're also a videographer by just owning a camera the the, the market calls for people to shoot video nowadays. And I feel like mm-hmm. Fujifilm has just yeah. been like, you know what, we have to give people a camera that does both really well and and shoots 4K 60 yeah. as well. Um, so definitely something that um, I've appreciated um, about uh Fujifilm, you know, GFX line and, and the X line in general.
2: The relationship between, you know, I know a lot of people who have a lot of different connections, a lot of different brands. Um, and I hear all different things. Some good, some bad. Some 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 relationships with camera manufacturers are more like, you know, you're bequeathed the camera by them and then they expect you to market it and then you don't hear, about, hear from them for three years. <laughs> <laughs> um, and I... The one thing, because, like, if you're listening to this, I don't really care what camera you use. You use whatever you want. Um, I'm just giving you information, and hopefully a little insider information that will help you understand why we make the decisions we make and why other people make decisions they make. And the one thing I always hear from Fuji artists, besides the fact that they always goofing on victor (laughs) the one thing i hear is that the connection with the brand is real and i was with the photographer she's this great russian photographer and i'm gonna forget her name who we were but she was talking about how she was with this other camera company and she switched over she started getting endorsed by fuji and the relationship was like she could it caught her off guard that they were like well what did you like about it what didn't you like about it what like at a dinner the head of fuji film sitting with her and says tell me about how i can make a camera for you and it made me think the first time i ever met you in las vegas you were like how can i help you that was all you said you were like i don't care about this and this and this all i want to know is how can i help you what can i do to make a camera for you and i and i think like if you don't know that about the company um, like I always say this with Fuji people, like if you if you don't have it in the camera, it's because you didn't ask <laughs> like or it's not possible with science because Fuji is a company that listens. And I just think that relationship with the camera company is kind of unique, Victor.
0: Well, thanks for saying that. I think uh, I think everyone at Fujifilm, when they hear that, they they get really proud because it's not just a single person. It's it's our division that 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 gets to do this job that gets to be the ones on the, uh, in the world playing with these great toys. Um, we're really passionate about that, right? We're really passionate about the opportunity to get to, to, to be part of the conversation. And so um, I know from my team that I get to work with, we, we take that approach everywhere. You know, We take that approach and we believe that we don't know what conversation or how the next conversation is going to impact the brand, impact us, impact the other person, but we sure as heck approach that conversation uh, in in a way that's kind and um, creates enough space for there to be enough curiosity on both fronts, right? And I think that um, when you can approach a conversation with an individual, irrespective of who they are, and create and foster a sense of curiosity, then then it becomes limitless to what you're begin- going to be able to accomplish with them. Um, and when I say accomplish, I'm not talking about like you know winning the Super Bowl or anything, right? Yeah, I mean, that'd be great. But what I mean accomplish is like, how many times you've had a conversation with somebody at a trade show or whatever it is, and you just want that five minutes back in your life, right? (laughs) Um, And I think that...
2: Uh, You can tell they want their five minutes back. You can tell like the person's like, how how dare you talk to me, person who's going to buy my products? (laughs) I work for this company. And you're like... you work for me, actually.
0: <laughs> right, right, and and you know, I I think that for me, I will I always want the brand to represent the way that I see the brand, and the way that I see your brand, the our brand, is that it's approachable. That it took me in as the director of marketing. Um, yeah, sure, I had experience in the industry, right? But they could have they 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 easily probably could have found someone with more experience, and they easily could have found somebody with with um. You know more more bona fides but they picked me and i think they i think they approached that situation of interviewing me and bringing me on board and onboarding me they approach that situation in the same way they approach our cameras is what's the potential Mm. right what's the possibility and that's that's some that's some pretty big stuff you don't see that a lot in the company no do you
1: ever, uh, browse the site, uh, fujirumors.com, Victor? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, as someone, as someone on the. I, I think, I think everyone, everyone in the organization <laughs> is. Yeah. I, I,
2: yeah.
1: I um. <laughs> you get them mole. <laughs> I always wonder as someone from the inside, how much you just must enjoy going through Fuji rumors and being like, who said that <laughs> or
2: whatever.
0: I think that, uh, his, his, his yes. name is Patrick, yes. right? Um. Patrick, who runs who runs Fuji Rumors, um, I think that he is as passionate as as we are about the brand, Mm -hmm. and I love that. I love that. I love that he's so passionate because because he's that passionate. It lets me know there are people who are are just excited about our products as we are internally, and um, whether or not they're true or false or even in the middle, it doesn't matter. Like. I look at it as like, wow, guys, we have a, we have a rumor site. Yeah.
2: <laughs> yeah, I was gonna say like, if we had wedding film what? school rumors, I would love that. <laughs> yes. Somebody listening, start that up. I mean, it's it's
1: probably great for you guys though too. At the same time, because you know that that's the source, right? That's where your most you know uh, passionate fans are going to be, and where you can take a lot of inspiration of what you know people are arguing about. Because honestly. I love it. I love being a part of that community because I I haven't seen people argue about you know lens choice and why would they choose you know if they're going to go with a thirty-three millimeter you know uh, X series lens or a thirty-five millimeter X series lens. You heard that debate. You know why don't they just go with a thirty-four millimeter and
2: you know? I was in a I was in a room with Paul the other day and he goes, "Can we just talk about something?" He's like, "Why?" it's the uh, the 33 mil? Yeah. He's yeah. like, why are they doing this 33 mil? The 35, is that, is that the current one? Yeah. He's like, the 35 is perfect. And I'm like, we don't like the 35. I'm like, I want the 33. We actually had the exact opposite discussion in our office. We are like, oh, I can't wait for this new 33. And I think it's like, the way people think about the rumored thirty-three. By the the way. rumored thirty-three.
0: Yes. Wait, 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 guys. Yes, we're making a thirty-three. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> exactly.
2: Thirty-three. One point two.
1: Exactly. Yeah, right. 1. one point. Yeah. One point four is the rumor.
2: So, I in, one of the questions I want to ask you is like, I think us as photographers, everyone who's a photographer secretly also wishes they worked at a camera company. <laughs> Right, because they could have all the gear, they could look at everything and know everything, you know. And I'm sure at one point you were a photographer, right? And you're imagining like I could never imagine working at a camera company, right? How is like the experience of actually being behind the curtain changed how you view cameras and like that, the tool that we use to make films and make images? How has it changed your appreciation? Do you feel the same? And closer, like how is it different now?
0: we work in an industry where the barrier for entry is so high for anyone who doesn't have the resources to do it right you think about when you bought your first camera i bought my first camera a digital camera when i was 21 years old and i had to eat ramen for like two months right and it was a, 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 a first generation six megapixel digital camera that i've spent like 2300 bucks for on like some shady ebay site right that was when ebay was like kind of shady still and I realized working for a camera company that we need to make cameras more accessible. We need to make, find a way to get cameras in people's hands. I need mean, to find a way to work with nonprofits that do good community work in communities that don't have after-school art programs and put cameras in people's hands, right? And I think that never before have I felt this passionate about the idea that our industry is dying and that the industry is shrinking and that the industry is not going to last the next generation if we don't do something proactive about putting meaning back into the idea that an image is more than taking out your phone and sharing it on Instagram. You know, so um, right before we went into lockdown, I had this, this habit. I'd be out at a photography event. Heck, I'd just be out in New York or whatever it is. And I would purposely wear my camera on a strap, you know, on my bo- on my person. Um, and we'd just have random conversations with people that walked up and, you know, wanted to talk to the camera or whatever it was. And, you know, you can you, you, you talk to enough people, you kind of learn um, if they know photography, they don't know photography, if they have an interest in it, you know, that kind of stuff. And so I just started giving cameras away. Just just giving take the card out, take my strap off, and just started giving cameras away. And it changed my perspective on what it means and what it could mean to somebody when they get a camera. You give a camera to the right person, you give a camera to the right person, they can, they, they, they can change the world, right? Mm. So that's what's different for me now, is that I look at Fujifilm as an organization that empowers someone like me who is passionate about image making. This is the only industry that I know. I, I, I know nothing else. If I, if I were to, to walk out and throw an application into the world for another job i wouldn't know the first thing about what what where to go what to do or how to do it right because i only know photography and I, I only know this industry and so when you've got that perspective and that's all you know um you really fight tooth and nail to make sure that it's there for the next generation um and it's there for the next generation yeah. of leaders who look like me who don't look like me who are women right I, you have to think about that stuff so it's it's important for me
2: that's really cool to hear and it it I think about that a lot I, as a image maker myself. I have a a daughter and and I don't I'm not a great at taking real pictures in my real life. I'm not really great at giving her that what I who that's me. That's who I am. But I leave it at work. You know, and I think one of the things I I feel really passionate about in our home is like just like with my guitar. I have a guitar in my house even if I don't play it just so my daughter sees it because I want her to be a person who thinks about music as a valuable part of your home. And I'm like, why am I not thinking about my camera that way? You know, I want her to not just think of her phone. I want her to be intentional with everything. And I think like cameras force you to be, they force you to slow down. They force you to think about things. An image isn't a disposable throwaway part of your life. An image is like, it's a, it's a memory it's funny because we got this time in history where we can all just capture memories. And now that's not valuable. It's like, it's like this mad thing that people wouldn't have never imagined would be possible. And now it's like totally taken for granted. And I do think that's a shame. I I think, I think, you know, I guess I can say any camera is better than no camera, but I do think slowing down and, and I, and I love that my wife, she's a her job is content creation. That's what she does. She's a social media person. And I'm like, get a real camera. Don't just use your phone. Let's get a real camera. And my, my two cents on cameras, when camera companies can understand that the best thing for them is to get an image off the camera and onto someone's phone with minimal editing and in like on the fly, people will stop using their phones. But because really, what's going away is laptops. Yeah. Like if if people could take a picture and just have it sync up to their phone, and then they can post that instead of their phone picture, I think people will start using cameras again. <clears throat> but I think it's more like you brought it up way earlier in the interview. The thing that actually hurt the camera industry, I think, is raw codecs because I'd probably do that, yeah. Because everyone. When when someone uploads an image, the amount of space, time mm-hmm. I in my own head, I have this negative association with dealing with my stupid images. Mm-hmm. Like, and then the second I get a phone, I'm like, oh, I can just take this and share it yeah. right away without even thinking. It's like that I think I and I do I do see I see camera companies catching on to that. I do see that. And I do think people are going to, I think there will be a little bit of a a rebound of people enjoying image making again and so I'm glad you guys are a part of that cuz I think you know you're one of the good guys you guys are doing something meaningful and it you can see the heart behind it and so well and and I
1: think a lot of people feel the same way as you where you you know we have 7 XT4 sitting in the other room they sit in our equipment closet but you're like hey I'm going to buy uh you know XC4 and 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 you know make this something that i bring to the house and and actually take photos and i think that's a lot of people's break-in with fuji where they're like hey i have all this gear but i just want something that i can throw in my bag that's still a fantastic sensor and and i honestly i think that's how a lot of Fujifilm photographers like even you know official ex-photographers i've heard that story actually where they go so
2: many times they go oh I just wanted a camera to bring on vacation. That was so cheap that if I broke it, I wouldn't really care that much. And then I started taking pictures with it. And I actually decided I liked it better than my big full-frame camera. And I said, screw that camera. And I just got rid of it. And I don't even need that. And I think just you guys had the guts to, I think, do something that's different. And I will always say this. It doesn't matter who you are or what you make. If you're willing to try something different, that should be... um, that should be celebrated. And I think Fuji does something different. So one of the things I want you to do different again in the future <laughs> is just give me 4K 60 on, on your, on your large form, large format. Is that what we're calling it? Large,
0: yeah, large, format.
2: large format images. Just give me that. And then I can use it to make wedding films. Dude, so.
0: I, I told it I'm on board.
2: Awesome. Sign me up, man. But um, you know what? actually, why don't you make the pitch? Let's, let's, let's do the <laughs> Fuji rumors. Just yeah. t- tell them all. Look, all 20,000 people who would buy this camera, (laughs) 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 that's the problem. We're a small market. Let's be real.
1: Victor, I really appreciate you coming on and and kind of sharing um, your thoughts on cameras. And something I wanted to just, you know, reiterate of what you had just said is like taking imagery, taking photos, doing video, especially what we get to do in the wedding world. It's important, right? You know, and and I appreciate that Fuji Film treats it with, uh, I think, the respect that it deserves. Um, I think a lot of people out there kind of look at like, oh, weddings, like, you know, I'm just doing this because I want to, you know, uh, use it as a building block to get to real production, real you know, work. But understand that what you're doing as a wedding photographer, as a wedding wedding filmmaker it's it is important and we say it all the time like you're probably one of the only artists that somebody will hire in their lifetime they're not going to hire someone to paint a photo on their wall, they're going to hire you to make a film for them, or you're going to, they're going to hire mm-hmm. you to take photos for them. Um, and that's important. So, so I just wanted to thank you, Victor, for, you know, the work that you guys are doing, you know, plugging away, giving artists what they want and what they need and, uh and just listening at the end of the day and taking it serious. So, cool. you know, thanks.
0: thanks for the opportunity. Yeah, It's been, it's, uh it's hard to imagine I've only been at Fujifilm for two years, right? So I think the next two, four, six, eight, 20 years is going to be exciting for, for all of us um i think about in closing mine my, my last boss goes by the name of jan letterman um still talk to him to this day one of my mentors heroes he taught me pretty much mostly all the things i know he was in his like mid-30s when a small company by the name of mamiya Love. started making waves in america mm-hmm. and then he was part of the team that brought in profoto at the time and another small company called pocket wizard and another small company
2: everything we all use
0: (laughs) he and and, and he was i want to say he was somewhere between 33 and 36 and he had this crazy idea and he said i want to import cameras from japan and i want to bring them into the u.s and i want to import lighting you know from sweden and bring into the u.s i want to bring um seconic light meters into the U.S., I want to bring X-Rite color management into light meters. And he's doing this. He's done this now uh, for, for his entire career. But when he was 30, he had this idea that he was going to do this thing. And he brought in X-Rite. He brought in Profoto. He brought in Mamiya. He brought in Siconic And these are, these are household names if you ever, ever were in photography at that time or even are learning photography now, right? And uh, and I'll close on this story. It's still mythology, right? It could be real, it could be not, but I love the story. Do so you guys know what uh, a Sakonix Seven Fifty Eight is? It's a light meter. Uh, yeah, it's a light meter that's got that's got a, a like a basically a scope, right, an eyepiece. So, legend has it that Jan was sitting in Japan um, at a whiskey bar. They just had a long day of meetings, whatever it was. He had this idea. Because, you know, they were selling a a regular incident meter, and then they were selling a spot meter, and you had to sell two things to get the, 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 to to, to actually, you know, do work. And he, halfway through dinner, goes around the other other side and goes, hey, I will order X amount right now. Here's the PO for it, writes it on a napkin, if you make this. And so legend has it that that conversation is the reason we have the Sakonic 558. I don't know. I love the story, though. (laughs) That's awesome.
2: The world is what it is because people are willing to say or not say things. You know, they're willing to do the thing that they believe in, say the thing that they want. And I think as a canon person, (laughs) I have felt oftentimes over the years that it doesn't matter what I want you know, it just matters what they're wanting to make, you know, and they're always stratifying the market. And, and I think maybe you're kind of conditioned that way. If you're listening as a camera person to go like, well, it doesn't matter what I want. It just, you know, they're not going to listen to me. They don't care. And I, and I want to tell everybody like, it's really, even with Canon, it's really not true. Like these, com- these companies do, they do listen. They, and they, it does matter the feedback you give them. And, and so like, this is, you know victors with fuji but like whoever you are with try to connect with them and let them know what you want because the relationship you have with a camera company should be a partnership like if you don't buy their stuff they don't get to make anything and like Mm -hmm. if you don't make anything with their stuff they don't no one gets to see it's advertising so it's mutually beneficial for everybody if we have good relationships with our tools and so that's what i've seen the more i push and have conversations with people in the industry, the more I find out that they're not just some yeah. terrible faceless people who don't care about us at all. <laughs> like
0: it's not, that. Yeah, I, got, I, got, I got so caught up in telling that story. I forgot the whole purpose of telling you the story. Yeah. So uh, I'm going to finish this. I'm going to say goodbye to you guys and, 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 and catch you another time. But he did that. Jan did all that in his thirties. Yeah. Um, I'm about to turn 40 and he did, he did that. And just seeing the, the 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 influence that he had in the industry and the things that he was able to do and the conversations that he was able to have and, and how he was able to help shape my perception of photography even before I knew him. That's why I'm excited about Fujifilm, right? Is because it puts me in the room at least to have the ability to get the possibility of maybe changing the course of the ship just enough so that the next generation of people that come in after me um, can move that ship just a little bit more, right? And that's the exciting thing is, is, we're seeing the whole generational shift in terms of presenters, influencers, leadership, thought leaders, all that stuff when it comes to photography um, and, how we, and how we approach the craft. And now is the time that we start to move that ship. And I'm really excited about that. So thanks for the opportunity. We love it. And thank you for having me here.
1: Yeah, thank you, Victor. Appreciate you guys. And uh, guys, if you're listening to the show, thank you. Once again, make sure you are uh, giving us a sub if you've uh, learned anything. And if you are Fuji fans, of course, give this a thumbs up. Give Fuji some love. Um, Make sure that you are checking out our weekly film reviews um, and submitting. Uh, If you want to have your film reviewed by the crew here at Wedding Film School, we'd love to do that. Um, And check out the Facebook group as well. That's the last place that you can be a part of the community as well. Uh, Give us your feedback in the comments below, and uh, we will see you next week on the Wedding Film School show.